Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I drove into the Kentucky Exposition Center the morning of May 27th, unsure of exactly where I was going. The place is huge. Indoors alone, the Central Louisville facility is 1.2 million square feet. It's encircled by those types of parking lots that are so big and so barren of trees or other distinctive markers that finding your car after an event usually requires hitting the panic button on your keys. The gate attendant took my $10 and waved me along, telling me and the hundreds of other drivers who pulled through that day to follow the signs. It had been months since I'd last worked on this podcast, but a lot had been happening with Jefferson County Public Schools. It's good ones, and it's bad ones. So when I spotted the first sign, it seemed to confirm what I'd been thinking. It was time for an update. For DuPont Manual High School's graduation, the sign said, go straight. For Iroquois High School, turn left. I turned. I'm Mandy McLaren, and this is a bad school. Walking into Broadbent Arena, I couldn't believe it had been a whole year since I stood on the sidelines of Iroquois' soggy football field, watching the class of 2021 graduate in the rain. This morning, the weather was flawless. Bright blue skies and ample sun, but not too hot. Perfect for cap-and-gown photo shoots. I'd received a text from Iroquois senior Zyron Hibbett about a month earlier, inviting me to the ceremony. I said yes without hesitation. As the class of 2022 began walking into the arena, it took me a few minutes to find him. He was toward the back of his nearly 250 classmates. His outfit had swag. Three different sets of cords hung around his neck, silver, blue, and gold. They signified he'd earned an honors diploma and that he was graduating prepared for college or the workforce. His navy robe was open, showing a crisp dress shirt tucked into his black slacks. The gold buckle on his belt matched the wire frames of his flashy glasses. But the swag I was used to seeing in Zyron's personality, it seemed to be on mute. Classmates surrounding him were really in the moment laughing with their friends and waving to family members who'd lined up to take photos of the procession. But Zyron, his mind looked to be somewhere else. Was it just graduation day jitters? Or was there something more weighing on him? Once Zyron and the rest of the Iroquois graduates sat down, I couldn't see him anymore. As Principal Dr. Toetta Tall began speaking, I really hoped his mind wasn't still adrift. 
he deserved to soak in this moment. The struggle has been real, but despite it all, you've been resilient in reaching your goal of becoming a high school graduate. Your class has helped to change the narrative that will forever continue to evolve in the airport at Airport High School, and you want it to be everything that you desire for it to be. Your voice encouraged leadership. Your voice impacted policies. Your voice promoted more equitable practices. And your voice will forever be heard. So today, enjoy this moment. Live in this moment. Celebrate life and the next phase of who and what you will become. Those policies and practices Tall was referring to, they were a big deal and had the potential to transform how JCPS supports schools like Iroquois. I'll end with this. Never let anyone tell you you can. Let no barrier keep you from your dreams. Have a vision and work toward it. Seek wise counsel for guidance. And most of all, know that you are more than enough to live the life you were meant to live. I love each and every last one of you all. Thank you, students, staff, families, for allowing me and blessing me to be the proud principal of Iroquois High School. When it came time to hand out diplomas, engineering technology teacher Don Bacon stepped to the mic. But before he started calling graduates to the stage, he took a minute to settle any rattled nerves that remained. Okay, class of 2022. I want to ask you one favor before we get started. Because it's my favorite day. It might be your favorite day. Feel it. Oh, oh my. It's my favorite day. It's Friday. What? What? It's Friday. This time, we will now recognize each senior by name as they are called to the stage. Row one, please stand. If you'd never set foot in Iroquois High, what came next would have given you a pretty accurate picture of the school. The graduates who crossed the stage were diverse and full of life. Girls with pink and teal hair, others with their hair covered under white and gold hijabs, a black boy in velvet loafers, a Latino boy in cowboy boots, a girl with flowers the colors of the Mexican flag on her mortarboard, a boy draped in a Puerto Rican flag stole. Some blew kisses or shouted to their families, cheering from the arena stands. Other graduates, danced their way across the stage, doing the Dougie and the jerk. One boy went so hard, his cap fell off. He left the stage without even realizing it. Another boy paused mid-stage and turned his back to the audience. Holding up his phone, he took a selfie with his seated classmates. Zyron was in one of the final rows to be called. Zyron Hibbett. I was so busy scanning the crowd to see how his family reacted, 
I completely missed Siren's big moment on the stage. I did spot three women who'd stood up from their floor seats to cheer him on with a neon pink sign, but I wasn't sure who they were. At the end, Dr. Tall called the class officers to the stage to lead the ceremonial turning of the tassel. When we step in front of the podium, we would like for you to stand to follow our feet as we take our tassels in our right hand and move to the left side to show that we are proud graduates. set out to make this podcast in 2021, I was knee-deep in Jefferson County's student assignment plan. The nearly 50-year-old plan was born out of good intentions. Though Louisville's neighborhoods in the mid-70s were racially segregated, the plan would bring black and white children together in the same schools. Through the podcast, I wanted to help the community understand how that plan, despite its original good intentions, has contributed to the divided public school system we see today. The quote-unquote good schools, those like Manuel, with special privileges and mostly middle-class students. And the quote-unquote bad schools, like Iroquois, granted no special privileges and where nearly every student comes from a disadvantaged background. After we released the final episode in November, I spoke with Diane Porter, the chairwoman of the Jefferson County Board of Education. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. By that point, Um, JCPS had been mulling changes to the assignment plan for months, both its busing program and its magnets. Everyone seemed to agree the current plan wasn't fair to black and low-income families. But the finish line for making changes kept getting pushed farther down the road. As board chairwoman, Porter holds a lot of power. She told me then that listening to Zyron and manual students Brianna and Spunina had really affected her. But the podcasts are extremely important because we hear the students' voice more. I mean, we see the students' voice in in your articles, but to hear the students talk is very relevant to me. And I think that's very important because... Some things we knew and some things we didn't know. But I think that um, it gives us a, a base as we move forward, as we talk about what, we, what our new plans may look like. That was late 2021. On the day of Zyron's graduation, Porter and her six colleagues on the Jefferson County Board of Education were just days away from finally taking a vote on a new more equitable student assignment plan. JCPS Superintendent Marty Polio had spent the spring sharing details of the proposal with the community. Changes would include, one, ending forced busing for middle and high school students living in Louisville's predominantly black West End. Two, banning the district's magnet schools and programs from kicking out students for poor grades or attendance. Three, 
creating new feeder patterns from elementary to middle to high school, allowing kids to transition from one school to the next with their classmates, rather than being split up. Four, centralizing magnet lotteries so that individual schools or programs couldn't influence their own results. Five, pushing magnets to serve more diverse student bodies and holding them publicly accountable if they fail to enroll more disadvantaged kids. I could go on. Like I said earlier, a lot had happened. Significantly, JCPS was also on the cusp of bargaining a new teachers' union contract. Under the New Deal, teachers willing to work in Louisville's highest-needs schools, the bad ones, could be paid up to $14,000 more a year than other teachers in the district. When I went to track down Zyron after the ceremony ended, I didn't know if he was aware of any of this. I spotted him on his way to a back room where graduates were picking up their actual paper diplomas, the ones with their names on them. As I chased him down, I was glad to see his swagger was back. We ain't waking up early no more. No more five. No more five. No more five alarms in the morning. No more 12 a.m. practices for real. There were several lines arranged by the first letter of students' last names. Waiting in the line for H, Zyron looked around slowly, taking it all in. I'm in a room with a lot of talented individuals, man. It's crazy. I've seen everybody grow so much in four years. Mature, physically, mentally. Man. It's beautiful, man. Would you describe how you're feeling right now? Man, it's the thing I can't. Like, I ain't never done this before, anything like this. Like, I feel after 13, 14 years of schooling from pre K to 12th grade. Man. I didn't even think I was gonna make it, man. Siren's school mom, Chef Nakia Rhodes, had also tracked him down amid the chaos. They had a long hug, swaying back and forth. Rhodes' head barely reached the top of Siren's shoulders. Rhodes had told me earlier that week she was leaving Iroquois to teach next year at Western High, her alma mater. But she was worried. Western's culinary program is well regarded, and she was excited to go back there to lead it. But under the proposed changes to the student assignment plan, Western would be transformed into a whole school magnet focused on technology, coding, and computer science, the district's attempt at rehabbing Western's bad school reputation. Could culinary science fit into the magnet too? Rhodes hoped so. When I told Dr. Cole that I was leaving, she, she had no, like, um, she didn't try to keep me or anything. She was like, I totally understand, but I want you to know that this could happen, so I want you to make an informed decision. And I was like, well, if anything, it's the best time for me to go because it's not going to happen on my watch. So, you know, I'll put up a fight for it. I followed Zyron outside where he met up with family and the three women who'd been cheering for him. I learned they worked for the Cabbage Patch, 
a local nonprofit that had supported Zyron throughout his high school career. Their pink sign, covered in smiley face stickers, said, The Patch is proud of Zyron. The women gave him directions as he posed for pictures. At one point, they had him leaning his back against the building like a model. Last I'd heard from Zyron, he was considering college out of state. Instead, he told me he'd be sticking around Louisville. Any more thoughts? Restaurant opening sooner rather than later. That's all I got to say. But tell me, what are your plans for next year? Because we haven't talked in a while. Um, I'm attending JCTC for studying culinary arts. Uh, I'll also be the quarterback coach at Iroquois for football. Help out with them. So, and I'm going to try, because Chef being that she's leading and going to Western, I'm going to try to help out with the program as much as I can. So, yeah. Zyron is currently living with his aunt and uncle. They were taking him out to eat to celebrate. Where are you guys going? We're going to take your where we want to go. This is graduation. I feel so bad because I woke up late. I said, oh my God, I got to at least watch him walk across the stage. We got to hurry up. Look, I just thought I didn't butt my nothing. I just couldn't on the game. I said, I got, and as soon as I got here, I said, we heard, baby, we right behind you. We kept looking for it. And uh, finally, he finally found us, and I seen a big old smile on his face. And that's the only thing that made me feel good. I know he's been through a lot. There came a moment when Zyron's other aunt pulled him aside to have a heart to heart. I understood then why he'd looked so anxious earlier. He was hoping someone important to him would be there to watch him cross the stage. The person didn't show. Like, I know it hurts. I get that. Zyron had already shared so much of his life with me, I didn't want to ask him for any more. I decided to have a little bit of fun with him instead. Zyron, my last question, because your fans are going to want to know, as a culinary up-and-comer, what restaurant are you going to go to right now? See, here's the thing, here's the thing. It's not... (laughs) Shout out B-dubs, I got a sauce coming. (laughs) And with that, he was on his way to Buffalo Wild Wings. For all the adult-level pressures he's faced in his young life, he was, at least on this day, getting to be a kid. The following Wednesday, I sat with a half-dozen other reporters in the office for the Louisville branch of the NAACP. The school board was scheduled to take its vote on the new assignment plan three hours later. Members of NAACP leadership were joined by a group of retired JCPS principals. They'd all lived through several iterations of student assignment, and they worried the new plan, by ending forced busing of black students to suburban schools, would lead to further segregation. And that, they reasoned, would lead to even lower student achievement. They'd publicly criticized the plan and withheld their support for it. Until now. Here's Faye Owens, one of the former principals. She wore a t-shirt with children of different races and ethnicities 
encircling the globe while holding hands. Agree to. We do endorse the plan, but we are still concerned with accountability, the achievement gap, and most importantly, the implement of the plan. And the greatest thing is diversity, because we do believe that all students should learn to live with each other and the schools should be integrated. As you can tell by my t-shirt, we believe in all kids around the world should be in schools that are integrated. So thank you so much. If there are any questions, we would be glad to answer them. For months, both groups had been pressuring polio and the board to include resources in the new plan to support students at low-performing schools. They also demanded stricter oversight. The pressure paid off. Polio's final proposal called for $12 million a year in additional funding for schools in Louisville's West End, in addition to another $3 million for high-need schools in other parts of the county, such as Iroquois. That funding would be guaranteed for a decade. Class sizes would be capped, and teachers would be paid more. The plan and its impact would be reviewed annually, both by the JCPS board and an independent outside organization. These were major developments. But I wondered whether Louisville's black leaders thought advantaged parents, the ones who would never dare send their kids to a bad school, also needed to be on board for the plan to work. I posed my question to Dr. Raymond Burse of the NAACP. Um, my last question, clearly all of this is about holding JCPS accountable. Um, I want to ask about your white neighbors, your white fellow Louisvillians, mm-hmm. and where you see their role in this as far as being accountable to the success of this plan when that comes to maybe white neighbors that are so checked out they don't even know this is happening or white neighbors who might look at this and say hey why can't my kid in school have a class size capped at 20. well well, let let me say for those white parents who would like that there are schools in west louisville that will offer that to them and they can apply and enroll (laughs) okay i think that's how you how you address it uh, you know, Dr. Polio is, is very honest and sincere when he talks about the burden that African-American families in West Louisville have, ta- have carried over the years. He talks about some of the correspondence and letter that he gets from some of those white parents saying, why are you doing all these things? The, you know, the reason he's doing it, because it is the right thing to do, it's long overdue, and if we as a community are going to thrive, then we got to make certain that every individual, every student, in this community gets fully, really educated. Later that evening, over at JCPS's central office, Porter called the long-awaited board meeting into session. I'd like to call the, uh, this meeting to order. Uh, this is our June 1st special meeting of the Jefferson County Board of Education. Thank you for being with us this evening. We're gonna move on to the persons that are here to rec- uh, requesting to address the board first. I'm gonna read I spotted a familiar face in the back of the crowded room, nearly hidden behind a row of TV cameras. Former Iroquois principal Rob Folk. Now an assistant superintendent overseeing the district's middle schools, Folk had come to speak during the public comment portion of the meeting. Robert Folk, 
he gripped the sides of the podium. Good evening, members of the board, and thank you for the opportunity to speak. This evening, I come before you as a twice-over principal in our district, a current assistant superintendent, a lifelong Louisville resident, a current resident of District 5, a former resident of District 7, 6, 2, and 1, and most importantly, a JCPS parent of three kids. My youngest, Eleanor, will be under this assignment plan for the next decade, and hopefully I'll work under it for the next 15 years. Our current system is not what we want. We know that it is not equitable to the students of our city, and frankly, we are long past time in revising it. This is a historic vote, which will impact and change the landscape of Louisville well past our time in education. The choice zone, coupled with our new funding model that you passed based in equity, begins to resource the schools that we have critically shortchanged since before my grandmother taught Muhammad Ali. We all know that this is just the beginning and a clear path to see into a reality a Louisville where one day 9th Street is just a street and not a dividing line. I'm not in front of you tonight because Dr. Polio twisted my arm or cajoled me. I'm here as a, a district employee and as a parent and as a former principal and a lifelong uh, resident of our city. I fully support this plan. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Folk. Frank Simon. Folk returned to the back of the room and watched the rest of the meeting play out. Thank you to our speakers. Next on our agenda is the recommendation for the approval and consideration of a motion regarding district school choice plan. Uh, I will turn it over to Dr. Polio first, and then we will move on after Dr. Polio speaks. Thank you, Chair Porter. Thanks to all of our speakers. We appreciate your input. Um, this is a historic moment for us tonight that we have been preparing for for, for many months and years. Um, as we've well documented here, it's been about 38 years since we have had significant change to the student assignment plan. And as we've talked about over the past two years, all too often we have run into uh, systems that have needed change for a long period of time. That doesn't mean they were ineffective when they started, but over a period of time, that does mean that we need to be reviewed and changed. This is one of them. When it came time for the vote, all seven board members voted to approve the new plan. As chairwoman, Porter went last. I will close with a quote from Representative John Lewis. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you, that means everybody in this room has to speak up. You have to ha have to say something, you have to do something. Please join this Board of Education, this superintendent, this staff as we move forward to work together to provide for the education that our students deserve. We cannot do it by ourselves, so I'm signing you up to be on the team to help us do the work. So I do vote yes, it's a unanimous vote, the motion passes. Motion by Board Member Craig, seconded by Board Member McIntosh. For this, I will not call the roll. Everyone that wants to adjourn, just wave bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a safe evening and be blessed. Thank you very much. I just witnessed history the dissolution of one of the nation's longest-running, if not the longest-running, busing programs. 
the district itself had already acknowledged the likely consequences. High-need schools would become even needier. This time, though, they'd get extra resources. And all families would get a choice in their children's education, not just the advantaged ones. Will it be enough? Will Louisville ever start to see its neediest schools for the good schools that they are? Could that ever even happen without changes from the federal and state level on how we judge schools? I honestly don't know. But if Zyron and his peers graduating proudly each year from bad schools across this country have anything to do about it, I do believe things can be different. But don't take that from me. I'm going to end this podcast the way I started it, listening to a student. Good morning, parents, friends, teachers, mentors, administrators, and of course, the graduating class of 2022. My name is... My name is Sarah Solis, and it is an honor to be speaking as one of the valedictorians for the class of 2022. Author Chimamanda Adichie once said, the single story creates stereotypes. And the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. They make one story become the only story. She is right. Even if you look around the room today, it is filled with students who have accomplished great things. While many of you have seen the videos and have read the news articles about air on social media, I'd like you to take a moment and acknowledge that this is not the full story. Over the past four years I've been at Airpoise, I've heard a single story flipped many different ways, but each time it held the same meaning. This story tells us that we are in need of an intervention or that we are just the dirty eye. This story discourages all of us. Ms. Adichie said, stories matter, many stories matter. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign, but stories can break the dignity of people. But stories can also repair that dignity. So with the help of our principal, Dr. Tall, we have spent the last year changing the narrative around Airpoise. Because success is not a miracle at Airpoise. Success is something we have an abundance of. This will forever be a memorable year because this was the year we started to change the narrative. Gandhi once said, you have the power to be the change you wish to see in the world. So thank you to the class of 2022 for starting this journey here at Airpoise, that future Airpoise graduates can carry on. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to A Bad School on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate the show. A Bad School is reported and produced by me, Mandy McLaren. Editing by Laura Unger. Sound engineering by Jeff Fonder. Mary Irby Jones is our executive editor. Special thanks to Chandler Hopeful and Adam Fish. This has been a production of the Courier-Journal in Louisville, Kentucky, a member of the USA Today Network.